This sermon was preached at Sure Foundation Lutheran Church in Brandon, South Dakota on July 26, 2020 on the basis of Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 9 and verses 18 to 23. Gospel of Matthew chapter 13 reads, That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil, It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Listen, then, to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no roots, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. The seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred or sixty or thirty times what was sown. This is the gospel of the Lord. Coaches of all kinds will often make a distinction between these two thoughts. Some people play to win. Others play not to lose. (laughs) It's a subtle difference, but do you get the difference? Someone who is playing to avoid losing is often playing cautiously. And this cautious type of playing affects their performance. They spend way too much time and energy avoiding losing and avoiding the mistakes that might lead to losing, that they actually end up losing in the long run anyways. They play it too safe and they don't take the risks that are necessary to win the game. And because they play cautiously, they also play without confidence in the fact that they can win. On the other hand, someone who plays to win doesn't worry about the consequences. Like if they're shooting a free throw at the end of a basketball game and they have the free throws to win the game, a person who plays to win is not thinking, oh, what if I miss? Or, oh, I really hope I don't miss. A person who plays to win is thinking, man, that celebration after the game is going to be amazing. Or they're only thinking, man, when I make this, it's going to be awesome. Those same kind of people, when they get into life and they they open a business, they're not thinking, oh, what if this business flops? 
that thought of failure never really enters their brain. They're just putting their head down and working their tail off to succeed. Now, as wonderful as playing to win does seem, and it, it does seem wonderful, in fact, inspiring when we see it in other people, there's maybe another side to this. You see, the people that play to win, the people that take those risks and succeed, they're the ones that they, they make movies about and we're all inspired about. But for every story where someone took a risk and succeeded, there's probably 10, 100, 1,000, maybe even 10,000 more stories of people who took a risk and fell flat on their face. <laughs> there are probably stories of people who risked the same thing as as other people who succeeded and they failed. Now, if you take a risk and you succeed, then you're considered a hero. Movies are made about you. But if you take a risk and fail, you are considered reckless. A reckless person moves forward and takes that risk anyways, despite the consequences of what might happen. If you have ever been considered reckless in your life, Don't worry, you're actually in pretty good company because this morning we're going to talk about how our God is a reckless God. But first we need a little background on the reading that we had earlier. You heard it read, and Jesus had a large group of people around him in this reading at this time. He was right near the Sea of Galilee here And there was a large group of people there, and it seemed like from the verses that were in between our section for today, that this group of people weren't necessarily believers in him. These were people that were curious about him and maybe wanted to see a miracle that he would perform, but they hadn't quite put their faith in him yet. They were interested to hear what he had to say, though. But in order for Jesus to speak to them, he he actually had to get into a boat, go on to the Sea of Galilee with his disciples, and speak from the boat to the shore. Now, if you if you liked outdoor services, man, this would have been a cool way to have a service too. But Jesus uses the, the setup there and, and kind of makes it an amphitheater type feel to be able to teach the people. And he teaches them using a parable. Now, often parables are kind of fun for us to read because they give us awesome illustrations and awesome pictures of what these heavenly truths mean. As you were a kid, you probably learned the thought that parables are an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And this is maybe a good way to describe a parable. It's Jesus trying to make things more clear for believers. But here's the other thing. On the other side of that is the unbeliever. When an unbeliever hears a parable, things often don't become more clear. They become more hazy. They are more confused. A parable can have two different effects on two different people, the believer and the unbeliever. This parable that Jesus talks about, he he talks about four different kinds of soil that seed will fall on. There's this farmer, and you can picture him carrying like a bag of seed around. This was before the days of, of machines. And he would reach into this bag, and he would grab a handful of seed and chuck it out there so as to plant it. And this seed falls on four different kinds of soil. There's the pathway, which you can picture like a walking trail or a road. This is heavily stomped down ground. It's hard. And when you throw the seed, it just kind of sits on there and it doesn't actually go into the ground. It just rests on top of it. 
Then there's the rocky ground. You can picture uh, shallow topsoil with rock not too far under the soil. It means that the roots aren't going to have a place to, to dive deep into the ground, but it's going to stay pretty shallow. Then there's the thorny soil. You might, you might picture actually pretty good, healthy-looking soil, but it, it's a garden that hasn't been tended. There's thorns and weeds all over the place. Not a great place for plants to grow. And finally, there's the good soil. Now, let's state right up front that this is probably one of Jesus' most obvious parables. Aside from the fact that he does explain exactly what the parable means, the imagery that he uses is fairly unmistakable. The seed that the farmer is sowing is the gospel. The message of the gospel, the message of Jesus, the word of God, these are all synonymous things. And this farmer is throwing this seed out there. And so you can picture what that means for our life. Spreading the gospel is those times when you talk to coworkers about Jesus, when you open up and share your faith to your friends, when you comfort a loved one who, who's in pain using the words of the gospel. These are all times in your life where you plant the seed of the gospel in somebody's heart. And that's what you're doing. You're planting a seed. Uh, God's the one who makes it grow, but you get to plant the gospel. Now, what I want you to notice real quick here in this gospel lesson is the characteristic of how the farmer throws the seed. Now, to somebody who's pretty OCD, who, who likes things in order, this farmer is going to make you pretty upset. You picture the farmer holding this uh, bag of seed, and he reaches his hand in, and he takes a pretty healthy handful and as he pulls the handful of seed out, you can, you can also picture some spilling out the sides of his hands because he grabbed a little too much. And then he winds back and he just chucks it. And it just flies in the air. And he's not really giving much thought to where it is going. <laughs> it's not like the farms of today where, where they're planting corn and they plant it in such neat rows where each seed has its place. This farmer seems to be reaching in and just chucking it wherever he pleases. And that's why the seed is falling on the path or the road. The, the seed is falling on stony ground. The seed is falling on, on thorny ground and then also good soil too. He doesn't seem very orderly in how he's throwing the seed out. Some might call him reckless even. Now think about that in the context of spreading the gospel. If we said that Jesus said that the seed that he's talking about in here is the gospel, the word of God, the message of Jesus, what does this mean for us in spreading the gospel? What does that look like? What does a reckless sower of the seed look like? Well, someone who recklessly sows the gospel is a person who is willing to tell someone about Jesus and not really worry about what, what people think of him or her. The person who recklessly sows the gospel is not going to be stopped by the fear of rejection. And it's not going to be stopped because they feel they are somehow inadequate at sharing Jesus. They are reckless, which means they sow the seed of the gospel without much thought to the consequences. And even if they've given the consequences thought, the consequences are not enough to hinder them in sharing the message. That's a reckless sharing of the gospel. Easier said than done, though, right? It is difficult to sow the seed as generously as this farmer. 
because we are people who think about the consequences. <laughs> in every area of life, we think about what the consequences of our actions and our words are. And so we worry about making relationships weird or awkward by bringing, bringing up Jesus or faith. We worry about changing the dynamic of a relationship by bringing these things up. We worry what people might think of us based on what we believe. And for many of us, we see faith as this personal thing, and and we don't like the vulnerable feelings that we have when we open up to people in that way. Yet here's something to think about. As, As discouraging sometimes as those earthly consequences are, what are the consequences of not sharing Jesus? It's probably something you've thought about before, but it's maybe something we need to be reminded of. The consequences of not planting the gospel are dire. If the seed is not planted, it can never have the opportunity to grow. If the gospel is never shared, someone may die without knowing Jesus as their Savior. And so there's a sense of urgency for us in sharing the gospel. There are consequences, dire consequences for not sharing the gospel. And these far outweigh those earthly consequences that we have for sharing the gospel. The fear of rejection or the fear of a changed relationship. Have you ever met someone that is reckless at sharing Jesus? They don't care about the consequences. They just love to share Jesus and the hope that they have. (laughs) When you meet somebody like this, you remember them, and you probably have a few good stories about them, too. When my wife, Christina, and I were in Texas, we vickered down there, uh, there was a retired pastor that was a member of the church at the time. He was in late stages of a battle with cancer, and he passed away while we were down there. We went to his funeral, and afterwards they had a luncheon where they shared the mic and they, people told stories about him. And one of the stories that was told I will never forget, this was a lifestyle, something that he adopted for his everyday life. When he went out to eat, he he tried to do this as many times as he could. What he would do is he would wait for that point where the waiter or the waitress would bring you your food, and then they'd ask you, is there anything else that I can get you? And he would say, no, nah, there, there's really nothing else you can get us. But we're about to pray and give thanks for the food that we are about to eat. And we were wondering if there is anything that we can include in our prayers on your behalf. Now, sometimes the waiter or the waitress just kind of shrugged him off and said, eh, no, thanks. Sometimes they, they perhaps felt awkward, but were polite and said, no, nah, that's okay. And they walked away. But sometimes that waiter or waitress opened up to him in a way that he never would have had if had he not asked that very question. And many times he was able to share the, the peace that comes from Jesus. He was able to share the, the thoughts of forgiveness and Jesus on the cross for that person. He was able to plant the seed of the gospel just by asking that very simple question. And then, of course, he was able to pray for them. It created the perfect opportunity. Now, obviously, this pastor had a lot of practice in sharing Jesus. And this pastor had a lot of courage in sharing Jesus and special talents. But the point is, is he wasn't worried about being rejected or, or that the situation might become awkward or uncomfortable. He just sowed the seed. 
Now that's sort of reckless sowing of the gospel perhaps seems unattainable to us, but it really isn't. This is an attainable thing for every Christian because this reckless sowing of the gospel is a response. It's a response to our reckless God, our God of reckless love, because he saved us despite the consequences He sent his son to this earth despite the consequences. He didn't let the fear of pain stop him. He didn't let the fear of weakness stop him. He didn't let the fear of dying stop him. He didn't even let the fear of being rejected by the Father and carrying the sins of the world stop him. He recklessly loved you. He knew those consequences were consequences for saving you, but he did it anyways because you are worth more to him than the consequences. And that makes him a reckless God, a God of reckless love, and he continues to be that reckless in your life. (laughs) Because in your life, you reject God. Every time you sin, you are rejecting him. Yet he doesn't stop because he was rejected. He keeps coming to you in the word of the gospel. He keeps preaching to you a message of forgiveness here on Sunday, telling you that I know that you rejected me, but you are forgiven because Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He is a God who keeps loving and keeps loving and keeps giving and keeps giving and keeps forgiving and keeps forgiving. And your God of reckless love gives you peace and elicits a response. Your God of reckless love calls you to be reckless too. He wants you to reach into your bag and just chuck the seed of the gospel out there. But it starts by making sure that you have enough seed in your bag. You can't throw the seed if you don't have the seed. That means you need to stay close to your God of reckless love. You need to hear the gospel preached weekly here in church. Be here. It's not just a small thing or a little thing. It is so vital and so important for your spiritual life to be here in church, to be around the word, to be around brothers and sisters who build you up in the word. You need to daily fill yourself up with God's word and the assurance of his forgiveness. You can't give people what you don't have. So fill yourself up with God and his word so that you might recklessly share Jesus with others. This passage is often, this Bible uh, story is often misinterpreted. Many people believe that this, this story, this parable, is about trying to become the good soil. <laughs> and I can see how somebody would get there. In fact, maybe there was one point in my life that I, I thought that too. But here's really the point of this parable. You will sow the seed. You will be that farmer that's chucking the seed of the gospel out there. But you don't get to control what kind of ground it falls on. You don't know the kind of heart that you're speaking to when when you share that gospel. You don't know how that seed is going to take into the soil of that person's heart. When you tell someone about Jesus, you can't know what's in their heart. They may hear you. And that truth of the gospel may sit on their heart, but the devil may come and snatch away the truth that you have given them. 
They may turn out to be hostile towards you or indifferent. You may tell somebody the the truth of the gospel that, that took a long time for you to build up the courage to say, and they may believe you really quickly and you may get really excited, but they will start to fade away once the world gets tough, once life hits them, they'll wither away because they have no root. You may finally be able to tell somebody or have the opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus or invite them to church. And they may come and they may believe. But when the allure of the worldly things come back, when their old lifestyle comes back to confront them, they may fall away. Or you may preach the word of the gospel to somebody and they may believe and keep coming back to hear God's word. They may come to know their God of reckless love and they may be inspired to go chuck some seed of their own, to go spread the word about their God of reckless love. And in this way, maybe a hundred times, 60 times, or 30 times as many people will hear about Jesus as their Savior because of the seed that you planted in someone's heart. Some people play to win and some people play to not lose. With Jesus, you have nothing to lose. He has given us all that we need. He has given to us eternity. And so from here on, at Shirt Foundation and around the country and around the world, we're going to play to win and sow the seed with reckless abandon and trust that our God of reckless love is going to make it grow. Amen.